Hello and welcome to episode two of the Eden Project Communities podcast. Uh, we're so happy you decided to come back and join us for another episode. Uh, last week we spoke to Peter Stewart about the Big Lunch, uh, but this week we're shifting focus ever so slightly towards the Big Lunch Community Walk. I'm your host Jack French and I'm joined by the show's producer Stevie Green who's been handling the social media coverage of the walk this year. Hi Stevie, how are you? I'm good, thank you Jack. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You must be uh, thrilled after your football team got promoted to the Premier League. It's, been, it's been a good week, yeah. <laughs> it's been a good week, and uh, the the walk is in full flow. Everyone's been filling, uh, you know, the, the timeline with a lot of really decent stuff, and it's good to see everybody having a good time with it. Yeah, it's 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 been fantastic, and just sort of seeing different ways in which people have been engaging with communities on there. On their route has been amazing. I actually got to go out uh, and see some of the guys in Banbury uh, in, in Oxfordshire this week, uh, or last week rather, so yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but obviously, the Big Lunch Community Walk's been going strong for two weeks now, uh, and actually on the day that this podcast will be going out and people listen to it, it will actually be the final, uh, well, it'll be coming to a close. So for today's episode, we'll be talking to one of our current walkers, Carol Wright, uh, from South London, and one of last year's walkers, Jude Botel, uh, from Wales. Both have been very popular figures in their respective communities and decided to take up the challenge uh, of the big lunch community walk for, for very different reasons. Uh, but one thing that unifies them both is their desire to bring back new ideas to share with people in their own neighbourhoods. Uh, so yeah, really sort of interesting stuff. I know we've both uh, spoke to, to both the walkers uh, and like you know, like I said, they are massively different characters, but there is that sort of thing that brings them together, which is the importance of, of community, you know. Yeah, and um, I think the the desire to go and and see other communities and how they operate um, has probably been a really big draw for this. Uh, you know, particularly if you are community minded, the the opportunity to go and see so many in such a short space of time um, that not only in an area you live. Because I think sometimes we forget how, you know, we live in London, so we forget what it's like for people in the rest of the country. And when you can bring that back um, to where to where you are, that sort of global locality, if you like, I think it makes it a very appealing thing to do. Definitely. So you mentioned Carol there. Um, Carol is someone that we've interacted with for a while, and we were thrilled when she announced that she'd be taking up a place in the... Uh, England team for the Big Lunch Community Walk and that she'd be alongside Laura Graham. Uh, now Laura Graham um, is a Northampton resident, a fantastic community advocate and she's, a, like I said, a member of the England team for the Big Lunch Community Walk and she's actually going to be a guest uh, in a later episode of the podcast. So Carol popped by the office the week before she set off and we got to pick her brains as to why she's so community minded and why she decided to get on board with the walk. So you set up a community garden outside your block of flats. Um, what was it that inspired you to do this? It's, it's bringing people together. It's that sense of community. It was um, because we don't really, even though we have squares on my estate, it's good to have a place where people can sit down, talk to each other, have a chat about growing vegetables, sharing seeds, sharing stories with each other, and um, enjoying themselves and relaxing outside of the flats because 
often those flats are one bedroom mm-hmm. flats, so you've not got much space. And being an inner city area, quite congested, it's it's nice to have a green space to sit down in. Um, share stories about your different cultures as well, because in in the garden we have people from Russia, Italy, Portugal, Ethiopia, Eritrea, England, Canada, America. So we have quite a diverse um, community on this day, which is reflected in the community garden. Mm. So that's brilliant. And how long how long have they been going on? How long have you been doing um, that? that garden there is now five years old. And what we also do is we open the garden to the public once a year in June. There's an event called Open Garden Squares Weekend. Mm-hmm. And people come in, they pay money to um, the Metropolitan Gardens Trust and they come and we get some volunteers in. We have some food, tea and cake and um, so people are really used to celebrating that little space and it is it is small but it's amazing mm-hmm. when you see how creative it was designed yeah, um, by uh, Peabody's contractors yeah we love it and you've obviously uh, grown up in, in South London and have lived in the inner city a lot of people listening will be thinking you know how do people in London especially get into gardening um, what's your sort of history of gardening where did it where did it come from well the history of gardening actually started at my primary school in Kennington mm-hmm. well, I, th- I suppose even further than that is my family. My family grew up in a rural part of Jamaica, Chapleton Clarendon. So my grandfather did many jobs. Uh, he was a overseer for a bakery. He was a mechanic. He taught my mum how to strip and rebuild a tractor before she was 10 years old, wow. how to raise chicken and geese. <laughs> so we've got like an agricultural background, but mm. always with an urban um, setting. So coming to the UK, my grandparents um, got into allotment gardening. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> what I found out after my grandfather passed a decade ago was he'd won awards for his allotments in Lewisham. And um, so that's passed down through the generation. So the, the, the child who had the green fingers was my mum. Mm. And so we were always taken to local parks like Kennington, Brockwell, Myattsfield um, parks and Burgess in Camberwell where my grandparents lived. So that love of green and open space and growing has always been there. So even now, my mum will ask me what's growing in the garden mm. and what seeds have been saved for the next season. So it's always been important um, growing up in an inner city area to make use of the green and open spaces. And our parents wouldn't have us in the flat anyway. They thought, I fed you, you are healthy. The school tell me you're doing well. Uh, you've been had all your medical checks. They've given you all sorts of injections, which means that you must go and run up and down outside yeah. and do not stay in my house, um, cluttering it up. Um, go out, get fresh air in your lungs. And, and those, that's how I grew up. That was... Um, my generation of people running about outside, hide and seek. Hide and seek was interesting because it involved getting on a bus <laughs> and leaving for hours on end in the school holidays and then coming back and your friends would say, couldn't find you. No, of course you couldn't find uh-huh. us because all of us jumped on buses and gone to different parts of London. I might have to get the rule book out on that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that, that passes the test. That's a whole level level. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you are... Um, you're one of our England walkers this year in the Big Lunch Community Walk. Um, first of all, you know, why did you decide to, to take part in it? I love walking. Um, that's, that I got from my mum and school days and being outside. 
Um, but when I was told, I went to a, a um, community meeting and somebody said, oh, the Eden Project have something called the Big Walk, which promotes the Big Lunch. And I, I've known about the Big Lunch since its inception. So I said, oh, I'll apply for that because I love meeting people, knowing what community projects are doing and bringing back that information to where I live, sharing information dissemination. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll apply for that. So I went to my um, local Costa Coffee because all the coffee shops, are, depending on who I'm meeting, I meet people in different coffee shops and it's like prep, crush. So, yeah, so I, I, I applied. I applied for it. So I was really chuffed when, mm. you know, I was I, I got the... Got the gig, yeah, thrilled, thrilled. And so, what if you know? What are you hoping to, to gain from experience? What are you hoping to bring back to your own community? I'm hoping to bring back that passion. I think when you're someone like me who's done twenty odd years of community activism and set up community gardens and worked for environmental charities setting up gardens and community liaison groups, I think sometimes the spark can disappear. So I hope this is a catalyst to say, oh, there's other ways people are doing things, come look, then I can bring back the stories and mm. it's the banter. I think bringing back the banter from people's projects, seeing how people do their thing, because we don't know, we're not, all, we're not the font of all knowledge, us who do community projects or any type of work. So it's looking for inspiration for what other people are doing and their best practice and, and, and just having the chat and the networking because mm. you know no doubt I'd like to go back after the walk and see how they're doing and mm. invite them to London and see how we do things particularly South London because we're unique in South London of course and uh, <laughs> I say to them come check us out if you're around our, our way check us out come and see our community garden I'm connected with three in South London and they're within 10-15 minutes of each other so it's always nice to show off where you live that, yeah. that sense of pride isn't there absolutely so Carol what what advice would you give to any sort of other potential uh, gardeners who live in the inner city like yourself um, the advice I would give people who are thinking of setting up a community garden is to get in touch with uh, capital growth or lo local organisations who are in their area and just make an approach, maybe do a couple of hours of voluntary work there so you can get a real feel for what they're doing, how they set up their community garden, because they're often very willing to share that um, information and expertise with you. So see what's going on in your area, um, do a couple of hours or so, and, and, you, and you know, see if there's something where you can help. Mm -hmm. Depending on how much time that you have on your hands, it might be that you might want to be on the management committee, um, you might want to do the physical work of turning over soil you might want to organize events so depending on what you're up you're ready to do there's different roles to take on in a community garden so not just the physical labor there's events management and there's also legal side of it so you might want to be involved in the legal structure of, of those groups so yeah and yeah just being a cheerleader I think that's really important, just going by and saying you're doing a really fantastic job because that's underestimated, is that achievement of what people have done to make the place where you live better. Yeah, and one, I mean, one thing that I get from you is that you're passionate about gardening mm. uh, and you think it's, you know, it's got real sort of value. I know that mm. you do a lot of um, work with 
sort of school kids around the areas mm-hmm. of your community gardens. Could you uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I work with, I, I would say, from little toddlers up to 18-year-olds. So, and, and the schools, um, I have agreement with a secondary school, Art Globe Academy, that every Wednesday a couple of their um, students come and help on two community gardens. That's Blackfriars Peabody and Brookwood, which is the first community garden I set up in SE1. So they come, they've learned about seed sowing, I've shown them how to use a saw, the drill, the hammer, and um, plan out what what happens in a growing season. They've gone beekeeping with me. Um, and what, what I've got in exchange for that is they want to come to do gardening even when they're on their school holidays. So that was a real surprise in this spring break they contacted me, they sent me text messages saying, oh, we know we're on holiday, but can we come? Brilliant. Can we come? And I'm like, 17-year-old people want to come gardening. Yeah. Shock horror, there's the headline. Yeah. Right there, That's, that was something. And with the smaller children, the, the toddlers, um, the childminders just approach me, who live on the estate, and say, is the garden open? I said, of course, you can come. You know, I've got um, watering cans for three, four-year-olds. I've got garden gloves, and they can just look for worms. And I've got um, bug-viewing glasses as well, so they can just dig dig soil if that's what they want to do. Compost bin's fantastic for the red worms. So I just take out a, a chunk of the compost bin and put it on some plastic or something, tarp, and they, they're good to go for an hour. Brilliant. You know, just water it. Mud. Who doesn't like mud? You know? <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Carol, thank you for being on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you after the big walk, big lunch community walk. Yeah, really, really interesting insight there from Carol. Um, you know, like us, she's a, she lives in London, um, and she, one thing that she mentioned is, you know, green spaces and green spaces in inner city areas. We both know that you know, there's not an abundance of them. Um, so it was really interesting to sort of to hear about that. I don't know what your thoughts were on that, Steve. Um, I, I actually think London is, is quite a green city. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of parks here. And um, last week I, I was out on the road with, some, with the Team Wales Walkers and we were in Neath in uh, South West Wales. And... What was interesting there is that they've sort of, they bought, not bought, but they got a piece of land. It's a very small slither of land off the council um, that's tucked away on the side of the street. And it looked like a vacant lot if you walked past it and didn't know it was there. And they've just got this land and they've planted things and they take care of it and they got um, equipment from people in nearby allotments to, to maintain it. And I think that there's always opportunities like that in in an inner city, I know a lot of people listening to this probably won't live in cities and therefore won't have this problem. But what I'm saying is is that the there is space there. There is always space. There is always something. Um, Carol herself said that it was just a very small little area with some grow boxes, and the the community and on the Peabody Estate have really come together and and made it a sort a little social hub. And I think that was really great. Uh, to see because if that's all you've got you've got to make the best of it mm. and it sounds like that it's, it's brought them all together in a really wonderful way yeah actually when um, when the walk set off from, from Carol's uh, estate in South London I went down uh, to sort of you know you honked the buzzer I did I honked the buzzer yeah um, but you know I went there to sort of you know as part of the team to send her off and she sort of took us around the, um, the her community garden and just sort of 
know, saying, oh, this is number five, they're growing this, this is, this is my plot, this is what I'm doing. Really interesting, and it's, you know, it's just another way in which people can bring their communities together. I think it's really nice that she's so close with everybody there. She's obviously quite the um, social butterfly yeah, of the definitely. place. And she's, you know, she is knowledgeable about her. And she uh, does bands. have great banter as well. Yeah, she does, yeah. <laughs> and she will tell you that she does. Um, but yeah, and you know, one thing that come out of that interview that I sort of um, picked up on was was the diversity of the area she lives in. You know, she's got, mm. she's got neighbours um, from Russia, Italy, Portugal, Ethiopia, Eritrea and England. Um, again, you know, Diversity in London is, is probably more so than, than other parts of the world. It is more so than other parts of the country. But, um, you know, finding that sort of universal thing, whether it's gardening, whether mm. it's food, you know, with the big lunch, whatever it is, bringing communities together, yeah. bringing neighbours together from different backgrounds, I, f- I thought was, yeah, really, really interesting. Well, it's important because that it's reflective of the society that we, we all live in now. Mm. And, you know, I think uh, with the way the country is at the moment, there's maybe a tendency to be slightly afraid of that and and of the, you know, the burgeoning diversity. But it's not because we're all the same, really. Yeah. You know, we're all using grow boxes. We're all growing little vegetables. We've all got the same problems. Um, and when you've got that space to sort of bring you all together, then that's, you know, how can you not like somebody? No, definitely. When, when you know you can share the same sort of problems with them. Yeah, definitely, and I need to pick Carol's brains myself because uh, I've started getting out in the garden more, um, so I need to know what I can grow. You're in saying green-fingered now. Yeah, I am, yeah, I am indeed, <laughs> so it'd be good. Uh, so last week we saw the return of Jude Botel, uh, who was one of the walkers for Team Wales last year. Uh, she came by the efforts last week, just after Carol, they just missed each other, like, like ships in the night. And uh, she actually gave a quick phone call to Sean, who's actually one of the current walkers for Team Wales, and that was really nice to see. Um, you know, lending the support like that. She's she uh, she knows all about what what was required of her and what needed to be done. Um, but before that, we we actually grabbed her for a quick chat. So to give Carol an idea of um, what could be coming her way when she returns home this weekend, and uh, this is what Jude had to say. Uh, right, I'm Jude, Jude Bautle, and I come from Sandrinded Wells in the middle of Wales. Um, I guess I'm here today because I do all kinds of things in my community, volunteering and such like, but perhaps most relevantly, I was the big walker for um, Wales last year. So I spent two and a half weeks walking through Wales, meeting up with some incredible community groups, ordinary people doing extraordinary things in the community. Um, but walking towards um, having a big lunch of our own in Sandrended Wells. So have you, what inspired you to do the big walk actually? Have you always been quite community minded? Um, Yeah I guess so. I think it grew for me from a slight disillusionment I guess from politics with a capital P. Um, I kind of used to be quite interested in politics but I just got to the stage where it wasn't really something that I felt I could affect change in. So what I decided to do instead was to make things happen myself and with other people in the community. So, yeah, that's kind of where my volunteering has come from. There's a, I think there's that real sense of, you know, think globally, act locally mm. sort of thing. And, um, you know, when you're able to affect changes in your community like that for the better... Mm. Uh, it's it sort of becomes a lot more appealing than trying to do it on a mass scale, like you were saying. How did you sort of um, 
come to find out about the big walk? Uh, well, I had been lucky enough to go on one of the Eden Project's um, community weekends, yeah. which was, uh, you know, again, it was a real privilege um, to actually get a place on that. And um, obviously, when I was there, met a lot of people who were doing similar things, but heard about the big lunch. Um, I also knew somebody who worked for Eden Project because she happens to live in the same town. Um, so there were lots of things came together on that weekend and a little seed was planted that maybe I could do a bit of walking and do something extraordinary at the well, same so time. I heard, I heard you used to be a runner as well. Oh, but you're a bit less of the used to, young man. <laughs> yes, I may be getting on in years, but I can still do a bit of running. Yeah, no, I, I do, I do do running, but um, I tend to confine my running now to uh, actually supporting other people yeah. to run. I'm a run leader with a women's walk to run group in the town. So, um, yeah, I get my pleasure from seeing other people blossom, really, in that, that field. So, yeah, it was just a perfect storm, I guess. Yeah. A lot of things came together, and I thought, yep, I'll have a go at that. So, comparing from where you were last this point last year... Mm, terrified. What, terrified? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, what, what was the main thing you sort of took away from it? What was the sort of big thing you learned to bring back Ooh. to your own community? I think it was a lesson in um, resilience and cooperation. Um, those would definitely be my takeaway things that when you're visiting a community group and you're hearing these incredible stories about the adversity that people and groups of people have had to face and the way in which they've come together to overcome them there were days when I you know you've probably guessed I'm a bit of a talker but like there were days when that floored me mm. and I had no words yeah. for those experiences because they were so deep and so meaningful to those people um, but what was deeply impressive was indeed how people overcame things and that might have been personal things it might have been the fact that they as a group had been uh, neglected in some way yeah. um, and how those people had come together to make good things happen Was there anything that stood out for you in particular? I think possibly a little lesson in don't judge a book by its cover and um, sit down and talk to people because you will discover incredible things and there was one particular older lady that we met and I remember having quite a long conversation with her and the, the immediate phrase that came to mind for me was this is a discarded human being and I say that not because you know she had literally been thrown away but she had been abandoned by many people in yeah. her life and in her community and yet the story she was able to tell and what she had contributed to society previously and just because she was older just because she wasn't as fit as she used to be just because she didn't have the economic power to do some of the things that other people could do she no longer had a place in society yeah. and I just thought that is wrong yeah absolutely so you, I know you spoke to Sean earlier, who's one of our, our Welsh walkers at the moment. Yeah. Um, so if anyone is sort of listening to this and, and sort of thinking that they might fancy a crack at it next <gasps> year... Do it, do it, do it, do it! What, what advice would you give them? I would say uh, just do it, because if you don't open the door to new experiences, great things won't happen. Um, I, it, from my point of view, I considered it a huge privilege... Um, when I applied and they said, oh, yes, we'd love you to come on the big walk, I was just, I, I was a bit scared, yeah, but I was also deeply excited because it was something I'd never considered doing, having that 
long away from home, that long away from work. But actually, the things I took from it were incredible. Um, it was an experience that I will never be able to repeat, and I feel that's a great privilege, meeting all those incredible people doing extraordinary things. So if, if we wanted to find you online or on social, where, where could we do that? Oh, yes, I lurk around the edges of Facebook, uh, and I do Twitter and Instagram. Jude Dude is the place to find me. But I tend to do mainly social media for other people. Sure. Um, like National Garden Scheme, Powys, NGS, I run those social media things. So, yeah, there you go. Right. You won't find a lot about me. Jude Dude, <laughs> thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah, really nice words there from, from Jude. Um, I guess the first thing to bring up is... Jude there mentioned community camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the listeners out there who, who don't know about community camp, so this is uh, this is a sort of a project or a weekend getaway, if you will, which is held down at Eden um, in Cornwall uh, a couple of times later on in the year. Uh, we'll actually be doing season two of the podcast around the same time. So brilliant! Tune in for that. Yeah, tune in. Well, um, yeah. So they, you know. Eden invites all these different sort of community activists, people who are running projects in their community, you know, individuals doing brilliant work, um, down to Eden for a weekend where they can learn all sorts of information. So not not only sort of admin stuff on, on applying for grants, but also, you know, d- things like social media, PR, how to ace those aspects of your of your community project, but also a bit of self-care. So um I think a lot of people who go, they find it quite inspiring, and they come away with a lot of ideas. And but it's important to say that this isn't crucial. If you do want to do, uh, you know, if you want to go for the walk next year, you don't have to go to a community camp. But I think a lot of people do find that it benefits them, and it, it gets, sort of gets the juices flowing a little bit. Definitely. I mean, I, I actually went down last year. I don't know if you were. I was there. No. no, so I actually went down and did the um, social media for the weekend. Um, so head over to our Instagram and give plenty of likes on those photos, <laughs> massage my ego a bit. Um, but yeah, it was so inspiring, not only to from the words of the people that were delivering these sessions, but to meet people who were doing such amazing things in their community. You know, it was, um, there was one sort of funny story. People, you know, we spent all this time together and people saying, right, we've got to go back to the real world now. Mm. And as soon as we got on at the train station, some guy was screaming at us all <laughs> because we parked in the wrong space and everyone was turned into this sort of hippie community of love and peace. But yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but yeah, like Stevie said, you know, it's not... It's not a precursor to doing the big walk. You don't have to attend. Uh, it's not a precursor to the big lunch community walk. Um, you don't have to have attended a... Uh, what's it called? A community camp. I'll, 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 just, I'll leave that bit. You've already mentioned it. Um, so, yeah, one thing that Jude mentioned there also was, was about politics. You know, mm. the, And we, we do live in a time where, where people were... You know, politics is at the forefront of... You know, conversation, and yeah. it, you know, you can't move for. Um, it seems like there's too much politics. Yeah, days. definitely, and you know, that's that's what came across. People were, at times, news can be so concerned with the, with the big news. You know, whether that's Brexit or a general election or mm. whatever it is that they actually forget what's going on in the communities, yeah. and you know, it's good from what you were saying there. It's good to know that there are people out there willing to make those changes yeah, on a sure. small scale. And I think you mentioned that, you know, what was it? Yeah, um, so that sort of, you know, global community in a, in a, on a smaller scale. Mm. Um, you know, you're right. Um, there, are, there is so much politics at the moment that we get 
too caught up in that that we I think feel like we've sort of forgotten how to take care of each other and you know I know a lot of people hark back to the old days whatever that means but I get it from that point of view you know it's days where you knew your neighbours I don't know any of my neighbours um, I couldn't tell you their names I've met them to be fair they only moved in about a month ago but I've <laughs> met them like twice and they seem very nice but I couldn't tell you their names and I think um for certain people who are a bit more vulnerable, uh, perhaps older or, or whatever, um, not having that sort of safety net there can be quite detrimental. And for those who have got it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the be-all and end-all for them, but it's just nice to know it's there, that there's someone who, who will you know, ha- ask you how your day's been and they'll mean it and you know, remember your name. These things, I think, carry a lot of weight that we, we seem to forget. Um, because we're too busy arguing about politics now and, and, you know, who's making an idiot of themselves this week and, and whatnot. Where, you know, these are the kind of things that I think actually do matter to people. And it's one of the things that, you know, is, is, is so easily forgotten. Definitely, definitely. Okay, well, thank you for joining us for the second episode of the Eden Project Communities podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review because it really does help us reach more people and make sure it's five star. Uh, We've got the big lunch this weekend. So if you're holding one, wherever you are, however big or small it is, let us know on Facebook and on Twitter. If you're not holding one, then don't panic. There's still time. Just log on to thebiglunch.com and you'll be able to find out everything you need to know on there. If this episode of the show has inspired you to get your walking boots on, then you can head to the same website, that's thebiglunch.com, and there you can find out more as we'll begin looking for new recruits or new walkers later in the year. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with an episode on The Big Lunch. See you then. (laughs) 